0: Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As we return to Hebrews, we continue our look at the contrast between Jesus and the Old Covenant sacrificial system. Today on Drawing Near We learned that death was necessary for the forgiveness of our sins. Death was also necessary for believers to receive a holy inheritance. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 9 and study, Without the Shedding of Blood. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we thank you for the wonder of salvation. Not just the fact that we as sinners, estranged from you, Could be brought near, have our sins forgiven, and be saved. But the process, the plan of your salvation that you revealed and unfolded through the Old Testament, through various types, signs, and prophecies, and that you made clear to us in the New Testament. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who humbly left heaven and came down to earth that he might live a sinless life and then die on the cross, shedding his blood for our sins. Father, thank you for the faith that comes to us through the work of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Word, and your Gospel. Thank you for the salvation and the resulting inheritance that we have in heaven. Your promises are great and amazing, and we thank you for them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's begin today's study by reading Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 16. For where there is a testament, there must also, of necessity, be the death of the testator, For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Now, the language of the New King James Version here is very confusing for me. When I read it in other translations and I go back to the original language, it starts to make a lot more sense. What's being talked about here in verse 16 and then following is a will, an inheritance. And what it really says in verse 16, if I were to make this language a little more clear, like some translations do, it says, "...for where there is a will, there must also of necessity be the death of the one who makes the will, or who's leaving things behind." It goes on and says, "...for a will is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all, while the one who is leaving the inheritance, while the one who made the will, lives." And so we understand that clearly. If someone makes out a will, leaving their possessions to a variety of individuals, as long as the person's alive, they still have possession of all those things. It's only after they die that the will becomes enforced. People can't come to that person and say, I demand my inheritance now. That's just silly. And so what the writer of Hebrews is doing is is telling us that a death was necessary. It's just that simple. A death was necessary in order for us to receive what we can only receive from someone else in their passing. Verse 18 goes on and says, Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. And there's the point. The point is blood is necessary for payment of sins. Blood is necessary for us to receive the promises of God that he has for us. Because prior to Jesus' death on the cross, where sacrifice being made for our sins, we are still in our sins. We are estranged from God. So God is not only bringing us near by faith in Jesus Christ when he sends Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, but God is also giving us all of his promises that come by a relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, The first covenant was dedicated with blood, and verse 19 goes on to explain what that looked like. Under the first covenant, it says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. The blood of the covenant was a cleansing agent. It cleansed the resources, the tools, the implements within the temple structure or the sanctuary structure. We are sprinkled with the blood of Christ. That cleanses us for service to God. Jesus sheds his blood, and that removes our sin through faith in Jesus Christ, just like Moses cleansed and sanctified and consecrated everything within the tabernacle. And then when Aaron and the other priests made sacrifices to God, the people's sins were removed from God's sight, and he was able to have a relationship with them. Now, their sins were not removed permanently, because the priest had to continually offer sacrifices for sins. Year after year, those sacrifices needed to be made. And so we go on in verse 21, and it says, "...then likewise..." He sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. And here's the main point in this section. Verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. God's law requires the shedding of blood. Now, I don't know how you look at that. That's a grotesque picture for me to imagine. That blood has to be shed. And yet God has to have bloodshed in order for our relationship with him to be restored. And there are two things that the shedding of blood do, as we've already mentioned. In verse 22, it says, all things are purified with blood. So there's the consecration, there's the cleansing part of shedding blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or removal of sin. Now, those are two ways of saying something very, very similar. When we have our sins removed, we are purified, we are cleansed. When we are sprinkled with the blood of Christ, we are made holy. One pastor said that when God looks at Christians, he looks at Christians through rose color or scarlet or blood colored glasses. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to know that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and not by our own good works. We are purified. We are saved. Our sins are removed through the shedding of the blood of Christ. All kinds of hymns make a major point of it. And although I like a lot of the modern Christian music, a lot of it is very, very biblical. There's not a lot of talk about blood in a lot of the Christian music. A lot of reference to blood is omitted in some of these songs. And so we have songs in our hymn books, like, Have You Been to Jesus?, For the cleansing power, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That's an amazing statement. And there are people who eliminate these songs from their hymnals in their churches because they're repulsive. If you really think about it, being washed in blood is kind of disgusting. And yet, it tells us what our sin is like before Almighty God. It tells us how grotesque our sin is, how far away we are. That someone has to pay for our sin. And if Jesus doesn't pay for our sin, and if we don't trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we have to pay for our sin with eternal condemnation in hell. These things are critical for us to understand. And we can only understand this by seeing that this is the way it has always been from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Jesus, when he commemorates the New Covenant at the Passover meal, when he gives the New Covenant... He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus signed the new covenant in his blood, and we inherit all that we have from the promises of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This should cause us to look at our sin, how wicked and evil it is before Almighty God, the price that it took for us to be purified and cleansed. And it should make us grateful for God's willingness to send Jesus to die on the cross and for Christ's willingness to humble himself and become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We always need to remember, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Praise the Lord for these things. These things may not be easy for us to understand with some of the language that's used, but we do need to understand the purification process in the Old Testament how the people were cleansed, as well as all of the vessels, and how today we are cleansed and we are vessels for the service of God. We're going to see in the not-too-distant future that we are to give our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable act of worship. I would encourage you to pray with me today, to pray that we would have an appreciation for what God has done for our salvation, have an appreciation for what Jesus Christ willingly sacrificed that we may have a relationship with the father and then be thankful for our cleansing so that we could be useful vessels living sacrifices used by God day by day father in heaven thank you for your truth thank you for this passage and I pray Lord that you'll help us to understand these things these things are actually very simple sometimes the language that's used in our various translations complicate them but the language is simple And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to see that and then to respond by faith, with gratitude, with love and amazement, awe at your wondrous gift of salvation. Guide us as we seek to live that out today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, based on the promise that if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us.